Hello and welcome back to another episode of Otofusu Sume, or Recommendations for My Otak Spouse. I'm Wes. And I'm Jen. Well, that was energetic. Let's get started. Energetic? And this whole episode is full of puns. I'm canceling it right now. No! Puns are good. My but, puns are good. What? My puns are great. Get it? Energet... Wait, I can't remember what pun I just made. Energetic. Ener- anyway. So we are back to talk about the recommendation we got from you, the listeners, for the spring 2020 anime season. Thanks to everyone who joined in on our poll, on our website, on Twitter, wherever. I think it was, yeah, it was on our website. And let us know that what we would be watching was BNA. Brand new animal. Brand new animal. The The brand new anime from Trigger. Hooray! So is this part where I tell him that we were going to watch that one anyway? Um, no. Oh, okay, good. I mean, it's a Trigger anime. I know. We kind of... Were we not gonna? We were. Really, to be fair, what we should have done is I should have recommended BNA and then we should have got a completely random one from people because we kind of knew that BNA would win because it's kind of the most popular one. So, yeah. We cheated. We cheated. And we saw an anime we were going to watch anyway. Yeah. We're the worst. Yeah. Especially because my recommendation ended up being not as great as I thought it was. Which we released the episode about that last week, so if you're intrigued about why I didn't like it and you haven't listened to it, then you should... What? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Oh yeah, we release these every two weeks. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Yeah. So thanks thanks for voting. Thanks for voting. And thanks for recommending BNA. Yeah. So we watched BNA on um, Japanese Netflix. Yes. They released the first six episodes and then the second six episodes? Seven episodes? And then it went into Netflix... What's the word? Netflix hell? Prison. Netflix Netflix prison? Yeah. And it came out yesterday in the rest of the world when this episode was released. Yay. Yay. I actually want to talk about that. What, Netflix hell? Well. Prison? Both parts, actually. But I wanted to start with how it was released. Because they dropped six episodes technically like a week before the season started. Nothing else had aired. You're right. And six episodes just popped out of nowhere on Netflix. And then... Midway through the season, I don't remember when it was, they dropped the next six. And Netflix does this a lot. Well, Netflix, kind of, yes, but no. Well, okay, in the West, after things are finally released from Netflix hell, assuming that they're not getting it dubbed, they usually just kind of dump it all in one go. And over here... They've been releasing episodes once every week. Once a week. For most shows, yes. And even for foreign shows. For instance, we watched... um, Season four of Rick and Morty on Netflix Japan that came out once a week, a week after it was released abroad. Mm-hmm. But this one and occasionally other things, they just, I don't even know, what do they call them? Bombs? I, I don't know. Well, like when we were watching Steven Universe and you just get a clump of new episodes in one go. I actually don't know the lingo for that. I don't remember either. Um, there's, there's some word for I'm it. I'm hip. I'm cool. But I think that releasing shows like that is actually detrimental to the health of the show. Ooh, why? Because people have no self-control anymore, like us. Actually, we did pretty good with this one. I was surprised. But Well, I think because when we've tried to binge things, we get bored and then forget to watch the rest of it. Yeah, but I, uh, the problem is just when people binge it, it's done. It's over. It doesn't matter anymore. And so people stop talking about it and people stop caring immediately. Because it stops being six episodes and starts being one long episode. And so we might spend a week talking about the new developments. 
And then people don't talk about it anymore until the next drop comes. That is 100% true. And so I think, like, for, we were talking about Steven Universe. Steven Universe was doing this once every couple of months or whatever. And so you'd get, like, the diehard fans trying to keep conversation alive online or something about a show. But most people just didn't care anymore because there wasn't new updated stuff coming out. And so I think with a show like this, it'll be detrimental in the long run. When I think back to other trigger anime, like uh, Kill a Kill, or proto-trigger anime, like Gurren Lagann, mm. Gurren Lagann came out once a week for two seasons. When was that aired in the West? That was uh, not aired in the West. Yeah, I was going to That was say. back in the... Bootleg VHS days. Not, okay, it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> but in my day. That, that would have been 2006, I believe. Possibly 2007. It might have been like over the winter then, maybe? I don't remember. But what I do remember is that the internet was rabid over it. Like, that show, more or less on its own, started the practice of what was known, what became known as speed subbing. Ah, where fan groups would it try. goes online, it goes up on Japan, and then people it get would, out it within twenty four hours. Yes, yeah, that's that was a show that started it, and it was because of the fervor that built week after week after week, where people were just dying to know what happens next, what happens next, what happens next, and forums would be alight for the entire week talking over one episode because it was just one episode. You know, you had one episode of development. You didn't have six episodes of development because mm. the internet has no sense of time. Six episodes or one episode, if you get it in one chunk, you're going to get a week's worth out of it and then people go on to the next hot thing. That is but entirely true. when Gurren Logan did it and you had episode every week and it kept building and building and building and building into a fever pitch, yeah, the show was two seasons long, but it maintained that level of hype for the entire way. Whereas with Brand New Animal, I mean, it's not out in the West yet, so we'll see how people react to it, but... Well, it will be when this airs. Yeah, okay, fine. By a day. <laughs> but you'll still, you'll get, I don't think you're going to get a season's long worth of hype over it, because you're going to get a bunch of, it's going to come out and people are going to immediately watch it. I think also the issue is just the shift in the internet, how the internet works, how people interact with the internet. And nowadays, back then we didn't, we kind of had MySpace and facebook but not things like twitter and i've noticed definitely um is that people are very quick to post spoilers they're like oh this was really cool and like, i know you're excited but you've just spoiled it within the first hour for anybody who hasn't been able to watch it instantly and this is the case i found with video games as well i think the fact that somebody spoiled all of the last of us 2 before it's even out because internet points yay um that, no, that just annoys me but i think so I think I put some of that on people themselves. Hmm. If it's big and it's popular, you already know it's going to be on Twitter. So just don't go on Twitter until you've seen it. I guess it's also Twitter and social media is more of a shouting into the void. Whereas back in the heyday, and I'm pretty sure people still interact on forums now, but back in the heyday, it was forums. And that's what created a discussion. I think you have that now with Discord and other forums. But I don't know, I feel like people are ready to to watch everything in one go and then blar their opinion as quickly as possible. True, which is a shame. Um, but also, to kind of go back on that is... So there was one forum in particular that, during the whole Gurren Lagann thing, gave birth to speed subs. And it's a forum that still exists. And is it's it 4chan? A oh, yeah. Of course it's 4chan. The it's always board, 4chan. The anime board on 4chan. And that that's where this came from. Bullet Speed Subs was birthed on 4chan. 
people can sit there and be like, well, technically, no, Bullet Speed Subs was birthed on 4chan. That's where it came from. And so you'd get these new episodes and you'd get people who were getting like the raws for these anime episodes, like the transport streams, not even encoded, the raw data sent TVs by the networks and watching it and posting screen caps and going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And people were just freaking out. And then, you know, someone would just chuck up, they, would, they weren't even throwing up encoded files. Someone would just like throw up the uh, raw text file for the subs to mux with the raw. It was, it was a crazy scene because people were going nuts over Gurren Lagann on a weekly basis. Wow. And you still get that somewhat on places like 4chan, but it was, it became, it became a known entity. If you were going into the thread, you were going to get spoiled. So you either mm. wait for it to come out on Tokyo Tosho, which I think is dead now. And, um, <laughs> and I, I still think there's that, some of that, you know, it, it's like personally for movies, once I've decided I'm going to watch a movie, I don't watch trailers anymore because yeah, trailers do their true. best to spoil anything. So if I yeah, said marketing, I, yeah, marketing, ruining everything. So if I go, I'm going to watch this movie, I'm not going to watch a trailer. And um, sporting events as well. Uh, there's been times when I go, okay, the sporting event is happening in a different part of the world. It's going to be starting at one in the morning. I'm not getting up at one in the morning. Forget that. I'll watch it when I wake up. And so then when I wake up, I just go, okay, I can't go onto Reddit. I can't go onto Twitter. I can't go, well, nobody on Facebook that I follow watches sports anyway. So Facebook's totally safe. But, <laughs> you know, it, it personally, it's a mental thing for me, I guess. I go, I just can't do these things until I've watched it. Like when we saw Infinity War, I did the same thing. I just didn't go on social media for a week until he's on Infinity War. So do we think, going back to BNA, that people are going to go on and not appreciate BNA as much as they could have because they're going to splurge it? I think because of how it's released, assuming in the West it does get the... It's going to get dumped. Dumped yeah. version. Uh, if they do the dubbing, I don't think they do that still. I think they, because they have to take time to dub it, so I do think they trickle it out. No. It still just gets dumped. Yeah. I think it's going to be a flash in the pan then. And I think that's a shame. Because now that we've gotten out of my whole rant on I think this is a bad thing, <laughs> I think BNA is worth more than being just flash in the pan. So shall we talk about BNA? Let's talk about BNA. Should we talk about it? Yes. Yes. Cool. I really enjoyed BNA. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Yay! Thanks for listening. You that was recommendations for my attacker's spouse. <laughs> no, it's Trigger has been very hit or miss for me. Really? I think oh wait. I was about to say I think they've been really strong with all their shows and then i remembered girl darling in the franks and then was like oh wait no never mind <laughs> but also just i know some people love it i don't see anything redeeming in inferno cop um, i've never seen inferno cop and space patrol luluco did nothing for me i haven't seen that either um so there's things that they release you've been holding out on me probably <laughs> i mean i just there's things that trigger releases that I don't care for. Yeah, fair enough. And there's ones that they do that I'm like, ah, oh, this is actually pretty good. I love their animation enough that I'm usually willing to try anything they put out. Which Space Patrol, Lilico, and Inferno Cop, I think, had the worst animation of anything they put out. As Wasn't well that two as... of their earliest works as well, when they started up their own studio? <sighs> kind of. It's like they were like side projects when they were doing bigger things like yeah. uh, Little Witch and um, Kill a Kill. Oh, Kelly Kill is so good. It's gorgeously animated, and I love the story. And this one, I think, falls into that. But what I really, really liked about this one that I noticed from the start in episode one mm -hmm. was how... And I mentioned this in our Promare episode. Ah, uh, I know what you're going to say. It was how they limited themselves. Yeah, their shortcuts. Their shortcuts. The stylistic shortcuts. Their stylistic shortcuts. I love how they keep doing that. It's so good. And in this one, what really stood out to me... 
And I really, if you didn't notice it, I hope that you go back and rewatch some of these scenes. Oh, and if you... we should probably throw out that we're not going to spoil anything from BNA because it just came out in the West a day ago. Yeah, yeah. So no, no explicit spoilers. Yes. But okay. I do hope that you go back and rewatch some of these non-explicit scenes. Or if you already have noticed it, I hope you liked it as much as I did. Every time they're in dawn or dusk or evening or a dark room or something like that, they use a very limited color palette based on the colors of the time of day, just like you would actually see in real life. I didn't notice that. And it was gorgeous. But isn't that more to do with um, backgrounds and color choices rather than cutting animation costs? They did it for all the characters as well. Ah. If you go watch them, um, like every time they have a dusk scene, the characters are drawn using the same dusk colors. Like, shaded and colored in those ways, just like you'd see in real life. You know, when people talk about golden hour or whatever. So many times in anime, it's bright and vivid no matter where they are, what they're doing. And this one, just by reducing the colors, they made what colors they used just so much more rich. And I loved it. And they kept it up through the whole thing. And it was so good. See, the animation, the um, shortcut that I noticed was when um, a character is probably interacting with a group. Or something silly is happening. And they... So you know when you're a kid and you kind of make a puppet show out of paper? Yeah. You have the background and then you make a little toy or like a little character on paper. And then you you glue a stick of paper to the back of that character and then you move it around in front of the background. Yeah. Like that. That's what they do when something silly is happening or when something sort of... A character is in a large crowd. They never animate the large crowd. They never really put in any details. They're like big gray blobs. And then the char- the main character is like 2D, janky, just shifting about the screen with no actual proper animation. It's like they got the cell and just moved it around. Yeah, but they do it in a way that it's not... It like, looks good. Garish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So they purposefully go, oh, we're going to cut corners in this so that then we can put all of our budget in the last two episodes. Well, that too, yes. And ramp everything up to 11. And, and other fight scenes. And other fight scenes. Other fight scenes, because... It's Trigger. It's Trigger, yeah. Um, I, I like how they're very... They, they don't want to keep it consistent because they consciously decide, we're going to put effort into this, we're not going to put effort into this, but we're going to make it work. And yes. it works. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, just like we were talking about in the Promare episode. They've, they've made the conscious decision... To do it. Yeah. And some of that, you know, I think always when you look at animators, you have to look at what influenced them. I think the best animators are the ones who you can see their influences, but they don't stick religiously to them. And so when I look at the Trigger guys, a lot of whom came from Gainax, Gainax would do similar things. Um, I mean, most famously, the end of Gunbuster is entirely done in black and white because they didn't have the budget to do it in color. I've still never seen Gunbusters. It's amazing. I think I might have to add it to the list. And... So, but I think on the other side, a big influence for a lot of guys who went on to do Trigger, and I noticed it in this, especially in the comedy scenes, like you were just saying, is they're a bunch of Westaboos. <laughs> they, yes. they love Western animation. Well, they also love going to the West because we've seen them in Western conventions a few times as well. 100%. Yeah. They, they, we've run into them a couple times oh. at uh, KomoriCon and they were incredibly gracious. Go listen to the interview that they did with Laven and Kenny. Yes. We'll link uh, it in the show notes. We'll link it in the show notes. You can find it on the main Anna Bros Creative website. They are incredibly nice people, incredibly gracious, and just amazing all around. And one of them worked on Steven Universe because he loves Western animation. One worked on Steven Universe. Um, but there's 
so many different levels though. Like part of me, I, I've never asked them, but I feel like I should at some point because I, I look at some of their animation and I go, that's Tex Avery, like old school Looney Tunes. Mm, yeah. And you can just see it in like the expressions the characters make that you don't see in anime, but you see in a Looney Tunes cartoon. A big one for me, actually, it wasn't from this show, but if you go back and rewatch Little Witch Academia, watch the dragon at the end yes, of the original OVA. with that. When it uh, like swallows the potion and kind of the stomach expands it's and it like, looks at the screen and it kind of makes this really dopey look yeah. before it explodes. It's 100% it's like, Looney Tunes. And you still see that through the different shows. Like I kept noticing it in this, things that felt very Western in that style. Not to mention the ending credits. Yeah. The ending credits were a Netflix animated show in, an, in a minute and a half. Yeah. Under, I mean, we saw that and immediately looked at each other and went... Oh, wow. And we looked it up and it was done by a Canadian firm. Mm -hmm. They hired a Canadian studio to do their ending credits and it feels like it, but it's good. Yeah. I, I really, really like the ending. Like We watch the ending every single time. And we the watch opening. the opening as well. And it has this gorgeous like blue and pink color palette. And it, I'm so I'm reading a webcomic at the moment called Laura Olympus. They just went on a hiatus because they finished season one, which you need to read. I'm going to recommend that to you right oh, now. Laura oh, Olympus. Laura Olympus. Um, but the whole color palette in Laura Olympus is it's very metropolitan, very dark blue, contrasting with this bright pink. And so when I saw the ending, I was like, ooh, that looks like Laura Olympus, but with really good music and intriguing animation over the top. That's kind of giving slight hints to what's going to happen, which I really liked. I liked how, the hints how they did it. are well-timed with the episodes. Yes. The ending credits change as you watch more episodes and Ever you find so out slightly. more stuff. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. Actually, there's one thing I noticed. Um, actually, two things. One, the music is on point for the entirety of this season. Mm. And two, the backgrounds are gorgeous. Yeah. For every like I know you said earlier with the sunsets and the sun and the sunrises, but just every single background, every cityscape, every dingy back alley was just really pretty yeah like it had this really nice like i said very metropolitan new yorky feel to it like artistic like, like art deco-esque well, again talking about western influences yeah one of the workers at trigger one of the animators storyboards i don't know what they are um was a massive fan of zootopia ah i was gonna i was actually gonna bring that out up later like, you can go online and find fan art by one of the trigger people of zootopia and you could see that in the city yeah you could see that in the and city. the fact that they made a whole show about animals well, they didn't do it because of b stars they did it because of zootopia i was gonna say okay so the music the music is on point and the backgrounds are gorgeous and i was gonna ask this question later but i might as well bring it up can we compare this to zootopia or to b stars or to uh, any of the other what would you call it animal type media um furry no, <laughs> bad wares. There's nothing wrong with that. No kink shaming on the podcast. I didn't. I, I in no way kink shamed. Okay, good. Anyway, um, but there has definitely been more of a uh, an increase in manga and anime that have um anthropomorphic yes characters. I mean that's the technical word, but I thought furry was more funny. Only when it's funny. So can we can we compare BNA to Zootopia or Beastars? Well, it's clearly not Paw Patrol. So, 
And you said that they drew a lot of inspiration from Zootopia. I, again, I don't have them on record saying that, but I think if they tried to say they didn't, they're lying. <laughs> um, yeah, so non-accusational. I think there is definitely some Zootopia vibes in this. Beastars is huge and very popular. I don't see it. Yeah. 100% I'm going with, um, even when you look at the themes, the themes are just like dealing with racism. Yeah, but... <sighs> Kind of dealing with racism while also not really dealing with it. Yeah, Zootopia. But, yeah. <laughs> so wait, but then you can compare it to the Zootopia. Yeah, 100%. That's what I'm saying. It's, I'm, I would compare it to Zootopia all the way through and not Beastars. Yeah. I People are going to compare it to Beastars because it's Japanese and Beastars is Japanese. But I think if you're going to compare it to one of the two, it's going to be Zootopia. But they t- had their own take on it. And I think it Oh, yeah. I, I'm just, it's no different. way. This show could take place in Zootopia. But it is not Zootopia, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it couldn't because there aren't humans in Zootopia. Yeah, okay, fine. But massive city, tons of animals. Interestingly enough, I uh, so one thing that they established very early on is that the animal animal people, the Jujin, can kind of transform between looking human and looking like an animal. And when they kind of give in to their instincts, they look more like an animal. Hmm. And so that was that was something that was very different um, from obviously Zootopia or Beastars or anything is the fact that you have humans at the same time as you have these. Well, Beastars has no humans as well. Race. Yes, as that's why it's different. Is mm-hmm. that you have you have the humans living alongside animal people somewhat, somewhat um. who can also look human. So I know I think so. This was actually one issue I had with the show is in terms of world building, in terms of the politics and the history and when you consider every factor that went into kind of how the society works i think it starts to fall apart if you look too closely you can pick at the holes yeah but a lot of things like have problems like that true like i mean so as long as you're fine with not looking too closely i'm not bringing it up because it's scandalous right now but the world of harry potter i was thinking about how that is full of holes as well contradictions survive the way it's written it's simply the world doesn't work. Yeah. So if you go looking into it, or like there's people who write entire theses based on Harry Potter, of course the world's going to fall apart. And if you do it for this, it's going to as well. But I think if you just look at the story that they're telling mm. and you're willing to gloss over some of that, it's fine. Yeah. There's um, actually, I've been listening to a, a writing podcast and they bring this issue up a few times is the rule of cool. Can you. Are you willing to sacrifice the plausibility of something if it looks cool? And if you are, that's totally fine. Yes, so long as you don't give me time to think about it. Yes. Because... And unfortunately, I think I think I've thought about it too much. Because <laughs> uh, like, that was my big issue with, for instance, um, the Star Wars sequels. No. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go deep into it, but just... No, very, I know, but I'm just sad about them. But just very quickly, they put in a lot of stuff that didn't make sense. And they weren't fun, so I didn't have the rush of endorphins to get over the fact that a bunch of this stuff didn't make sense. Yeah. If you give me something that's really exciting and really fun and has fun characters and has a storyline that, you know, has enough to chew on that it's interesting, I'm okay with perhaps not the nitty-gritty of your society working out. But if you're going to spend a lot of time looking at it and focusing on it, I'm going to start picking the holes myself and be annoyed. Kind of like, like um, we were talking about this the other day. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to say Need for Speed, but that's not right. Speed Racer? No, not Speed Racer. 
Oh my goodness. We've watched like seven of the movies. Fast and Furious. Fast and the Furious. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, so in Fast and the Furious, like the, the movies get more and more ridiculous and more and more just unbelievable, but they're so entertaining that you just don't care. Yeah, the the world that they're creating, it would never work, but they don't really do any world building, so it's fine because, yeah, the world doesn't work, but you don't exactly know what kind of world isn't working. Yeah. And I guess I'm okay with that. But I think with B&A, they kind of did a lot of world building at the beginning, and then they introduced something that I want to talk to you about off the podcast because I don't want to spoil anything that I think then undermined their world building at the beginning. Agreed. I think I know what you're going to bring up, but um, <laughs> yeah, there's... Visually, I think BNA was amazing. Storyline-wise, I think it left room for improvement. There were things in the storyline, again, not getting into specifics, that there were parts that I felt rushed, parts that I felt were undeveloped, parts that I felt were too long. I, um, I felt at times that the pacing was off. Yeah, and really that. I think it started off really strong, and then there was almost a moment of doldrum in the middle that I thought you could have better used to... You could still have, like, the wham bam explosion heavy super action finale and still made that work but i think you could have spent like one more episode in the middle to set the framework for it yeah i think that's probably a good way to put it because they definitely you could tell that um like we were saying earlier they consciously decided where to not focus their efforts versus where they did focus their efforts yes and i feel like in the middle there are a few episodes where it just kind of isn't as strong as the beginning or the end yeah i think the beginning and the end is really good Yes. There's one plot thread that makes a sudden twist. And I'm like, y y give me 10 more minutes. Give me like two scenes to give these characters a little more room to grow. And it would make sense. But as it is, it just kind of happens. And I'm like, okay, I know why it happened for plot reasons, but you yeah. could have done more with it. So that is my only complaint. Agreed. Uh, Actually, I have another complaint. Yes. Michiru, the main character, is so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she's a teenage girl. You don't let me use that excuse with Cora. Yeah, that's because I don't like Cora. But she's a teen anyway. I they, again, we just talked about rule of cool. Can I look past it because everything else is so much fun? <laughs> anyway, Michiru. I, I, she has this very shonen main character personality. Yes. She is stupid but passionate. And Genki, so Genki. And Genki, and she makes friends with everybody. Eh, kind of. But but her stupidity at times drove me up the wall. Like mm. so, so we watched um, Hamefura, All Roads Lead to Doom, uh, Villainess. Um, it has too many titles. We watched the other anime, and the nickname for that anime in English is Bakarina, which means stupid Katarina, because the main character is an idiot which we will discuss in the next episode. But that kind of stupidity was absolutely fine because she was endearing. Michiru's stupidity was just annoying. Uh, Michiru's stupidity, as someone says, it, it's, that me, it's a Zeus meme. People it's a say, Zeus meme. People go, don't you do this. And she goes, I'm going to do it. And everything falls apart. Yeah. And it doesn't happen once, well, it doesn't... which is why it's annoying. Yes. <laughs> if it happened once, it'd be fine. But she keeps doing it. Let your characters learn from their mistakes. Yeah. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Character makes a mistake. Character needs to learn from that mistake. They need to grow. Yes. She doesn't really do any growing. Uh, I mean, she grows a lot. Physically. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to give any spoilers away. But the, the, those are my only two complaints. 
I mean, okay, so at the end of the day, I did like Michiru. I really liked her relationship with Okami, the wolf, cool wolf detective. We haven't talked about the cool wolf detective yet. Well, we were just, we were talking about other stuff. We hadn't gotten into, like, best boy or best girl yet. Well, I mean, there's only one best character. There Who? isn't really a best girl. Who? Wolf boy. What? Okami. No. Oh, you want to say the dog character. Dog. The little... Is he? A, oh, he's, he's a, bear. a bear. He's a bear. Sorry, Jackie. Jackie is best boy. Okay, hundred percent. Jackie is best boy. He is pretty cute. He is amazing. I don't want to give any spoilers, but there's a bear named Jackie, and he's amazing. He's dear. He's near and dear to my heart now. No, he's a bear, not a deer. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that one. Actually, um, all the all the they did, I think they did a great job with um, giving the characters very unique personalities. Agreed. Besides me, Chido. Um, <laughs> for best boy. Who I, his name is stupid. What Jackie? Why? No, your best boy. Oh, Okami. Yes, because he's a wolf. Because his name is literally White Wolf. He is Shiro Okami. No, he's Okami. Oh yeah, I guess he is Shiro Okami. She keeps calling him Shiro. His name is Shiro. His name is Shiro Okami. His name is White Wolf. It's as bad as Remus Lupin in Harry Potter. Not to go back <laughs> to that. But when you name a dude Wolf Wolf, yeah, he's gonna be a werewolf. Well, that's like in other anime where you have um. Uh, the biking one and the main character is called Sakamichi, which means hill, because he cycles up hills and he's the he's the cyclist that cycles up hills and his name is literally Hill. I don't get it. But um <laughs> They do this all the time in anime. I know, I know, I know. I did like his crow. He's got a little pet crow named Crow. <laughs> literally called Crow. Which Or Black. We don't know if it's called Black or Crow. I know. Because it's Kuro. Crow. <laughs> but that that was cute. I like that. Yeah, they do that a lot with the names in this. But his was so on the nose that I was like, oh, come on. But yeah, he's a wolf. His nose is kind of his thing. <laughs> That's very true. Um, Yeah, so um, you've obviously got your main characters. Do we? In the show. Yeah. They've got main characters. What? It's a show. Okay. But I do think that, you know, you were saying in the back that kind of when you get the mobs, you get the faceless mobs. Yes. But I think that when it's needed, they do spend enough time to on minor and side characters and supporting characters to flesh them out to be more. That's true. Like um, the you... two people she lives with, the rooster and the something or other. I forgot what the oh, wife no. was. Yeah, I forgot what she was. But it's a rooster and a something. And they, they do spend time to flesh them out. You don't really see them in animal forms very much, is why I don't remember what animal she is. But they're more than just the two people Michiru lives with. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a good point, actually. You mentioned how they do put some effort into crowds, and there was actually again, it's the beginning and the end of the anime where you have scenes with crowds of people, and they've actually individually drawn all the animal people. Yeah, I re actually I remember when we were watching the first episode, second ep first episode. I think it was the first episode, and they were in one of the crowds with all the animals, and then they kind of explained a couple scenes later about um, how usually animals are in human forms, and you went. Well, that's just so they don't have to draw animals all the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's so much easier just to draw people. Uh, but the crowd of animals that you see when they go all out is really impressive. That reminds me, I said there was not a best girl and there is a best girl. Mink. 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 Mink's uh, best girl. You're totally right. Shame on me. Shame on you. <laughs> and you, you forgot to. Nope. <laughs> Wait, was she a mink or was she something? She's a mink. Okay. Mink. <laughs> Are you sure she wasn't a ferret? No, the joke. Or a weasel? Mink. <laughs> uh, I think they do there's, so many, there's so many good characters, though. Yes. Uh, Flip the Mobster? Yes. Fantastic. 
Andy I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to give too much out. But uh, so many good characters, and like even if you think they might just be a little one-off here or there, they've given them just through the animation style. They've given them personality yes. that makes them stand out from other characters. Yes. Like, and because they most other studios don't do it as well, I kept expecting to re-see characters that you never see again. That like, there's just I'm like, wait, why haven't these people come back yet? Why haven't these people shown up again yet? They have to, right? They they didn't put that much effort just to get rid of them or just to not show them again. I guess that's definitely a strong <sighs> point with Trigger. Ah, oh, so good. Because they have that in Killer Kill. Is that all the characters in Killer Kill are great? Mm-hmm. Even even the mini bosses that die after five seconds have personality. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I still think I prefer Killer Kill to BNA. Oh, I BNA do too. was still strong. I do too. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed BNA. So characters, art, plot. Well. Somewhat. Plot, well, we, plot, well, we plot can talk about plot. Well. Yeah. But I mean, like, what we've discussed so far. Background's great. Music's gone point. Yeah, just an overall really strong show. Really yeah. strong anime. I think... That we really hope that people don't burst through and fizzle out after the first week. Yeah, I hope people don't forget about it. Um, to compare it to Kill a Kill, one last thing. So Kill a Kill has its kick-ass shits about to go down music. Yeah. Don't lose your, your way. way. Yeah. And this one has a very similar song, but I think they tie this song into the plot better. The ending song? Yeah. Yeah. It shows up in the episodes, too. I feel and like... I think they've tied it into the story a lot better as well. I think they also probably spent a lot of money on that one song, so they wanted to use it as much as possible. <laughs> probably, but I liked... They didn't just... They didn't overuse it. They used it when it was plot appropriate. Mm. Because it really does tie into certain characters. And I think they do a good job at showing that. Yeah. Yeah, Go if you haven't seen it, and we haven't convinced you, I don't see how we couldn't have convinced you... <laughs> Go watch it. And I guess to wrap this up, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners for recommending that we watch this because it was really good. I think we might have to do this again next season of anime. Yeah, I think we should throw one up, uh, let the listeners recommend more to us. It's probably not always going to be gold, but fingers crossed it is. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, So next time we're going to be ranting about uh, our final anime from this season. Bakarina. Bakarina. Hamifura. All Roots Lead to Doom. And... <laughs> Too many titles! It's totally fine. Um, yeah, so we will figure out what we're doing and put up a poll on our website for Summer Anime. Uh, we hope that you guys will are willing to help us out again and w- thinking of something else to watch. You'll be able to find that on our website at Annie Rose Creative. No, I'm sorry, that's our Twitter at Annie Rose Creative. Website is www.annierosecreative.com. Woo! Uh, probably link it in the show notes for this. Yep. I've been Jen. I'm still Wesley. Are you? Yeah, for a little while longer. Okay, cool. And this is another episode of Ultra Fususume. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.